Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Hi, Mark. Good morning. Well, Sir Alan of the Roundtable, uh, good morning to you, too, sir. I normally say it's another new episode, and I didn't do that today, but it's, it is a new episode. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to, to break the fall. You know, I'm, I'm here as your safety net. You're the fall guy. Oh, I love that. That was a great TV show. That was a great TV that show. That really was. Lee Majors, mm. right? Yeah, it was yeah. Lee Majors. Yeah, the, formerly the uh, Bionic Man. Yeah. Six Million Dollar Man. Same yeah, thing. It, yeah, it's the both. He was the both. Yeah. You a, could both. not make a Bionic Man for Six Million Dollars today, though. Six billion dollars, maybe. Not in, not even then. No. Because they'd have to have, like, Kazillion. cable <laughs> and, like, basic cell phone service. Oh, my God. Like, That's going to put him right over bed. You'd have to be, like, the eye Bionic Man. <laughs> And then you'd have to get like cooperative crossover with Apple. It would be ugly. You pay for it, to, you know, a couple million dollars a month for for two years. And then you'd and then they they'd take out your uh, your uh, headphone jack, and then you're like, I can't hear anything that you're saying because I'm the six billion dollar man, but I got uh, Apple parts in me. But you can buy an adapter, Mark. Thank you, Apple. Yeah, I own Android <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> We're not sponsored by Apple, but and there's a reason. Yeah, I like apples. I, you know what? I, I like their UI better. I have to say that after many years, I finally switched because in, in my, that my day job there, it made sense to do so. And I don't fully regret it, mm. but I do miss Android a little bit. I, I am surrounded by a house full of women's and all the women's have iPhones yeah. and I don't. Some They're the days, smart ones. Some days I laugh. Some days I cry. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And it, also about the phones, too. And also about the <laughs> phones, too. That's right. Uh, well, hey, Mark, uh, should we get into this? Should I mention what we're doing today? No. Why? Well, yeah, go ahead. I, no, I, mean, okay. I mean, if you must. All right. Well, we are doing Season 6, Episode 17, Galentine's Day. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, so speaking of that, yeah, I got bone to pick with you, Sir Allen of the Roundtable. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you may remember. Uh, you know how we, this is not my notes, but go ahead. No, I'm doing. This is what's called the element of surprise. Oh, this is good radio drama here. Sure. Is this radio? It could be radio. It, I don't know. It could be. Okay. <laughs> Dramatic look, squirrel. Okay. So last episode, new slogan. Yeah. And, and and we ended the episode, and you mentioned last week that sure. we would be doing. Uh, Galentine's Day. Yeah. This week, which is and which lo and behold, here we are. Accurate. Right. Yes, right. Okay. And then and then I said something uh, cute and adorable like Galentine's Day. What? What haven't we done that before? You know. Womp, 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 womp. Yeah. And then you went Mjolnir on me. <laughs> well, and then you didn't really go Mjolnir, but I just thought that was right. And then you said no, Mark. Not not technically. There has never been prior to next week. There's <sighs> never been an episode called Galentine's Day, and and so. Alan, I'm here in my uh, official capacity here yeah. at LFP Worldwide Headquarters as the co-host of uh, the, the smash hit podcast <laughs> live from Pawnee to say, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Season two, episode 16, in fact. I, I, it was pointed out to me by others, but mm. yes, you're correct. Mm. They didn't shame me on the air, though, so thank you. Well, they, they, see, I feel like you're, you, you you're, need you're to making a big assumption that anybody's going to remember what I said last week. You I think you're giving them and maybe me way too much credit. You need to go back to the episode and so, so you can see how wrong Alan is. But the, <laughs> OK, look, should I I get your point? Yeah. Should I have shamed you publicly on the air? <sighs> look, I, I'm not here to judge. No, <laughs> certainly not myself. <laughs> no, of course not. I probably, I, look, when you go out to the parking lot, yeah. I apologize for all the stickies I put on your car Thank that you. say you're wrong. Yeah. 
now. I shouldn't have had Harvey do that. It's, you have those in your glove box ready to go, I've noticed. So thank you for that. A few. Not, no, not, no. not like a whole stack, just like a good hundred or so. Hey, not to change topics, but <laughs> Harvey? Is Harvey here today? Is that what I Harvey's heard? Harvey's here back? today. Are you here? Did, yeah. Yeah, he's here. You know, he has a drink named after him. Har- Harvey Wallbanger. Oh, he does? He does, yeah. Man. Yeah, all right. How do you had that happen? I don't know. Look, I, I know. I'm a fan of um, a history. Yeah, sure. Because I, I know about history. Sure you and, do. And <laughs> I know I do sports as well. Yeah, and I've and heard. I know that back in the historical days of your and yesteryear, mm, yeah. when you have a, it's very common that when you would have a laugh's name, it was indicative of what your family did. So if yeah. my name was- S- Smith. Uh, Smith, you're yeah. probably a blacksmith. Yeah. If your last name was Baker, you likely that your family was- a baker. Yeah, they're a baker. Sure. I, I'm not exactly sure how that par- oh, with Harvey. parallels oh, to I see. Harvey huh. Wall, Wallbanger, but um, I don't think his, his neighbors were not happy. <laughs> That's why they got kicked out of the apartment complex. Shoddy wall workmanship. I think someone had to move. Really thin walls. Mm. You're hoping you got better walls. Very, very yeah. thin walls. It's unfortunate. Well, you know, it's a job, Mark, and somebody had to fill that void. <laughs> all right oh. let's move on a so anyway, delicious drink though it is a delicious drink. can we harvey do you i have would any? like one right now as no, a matter of fact there's yeah. no need for that finger sir wow all right i see that what a ungrateful guts yeah well anyway let's move on we're here to talk about yes. valentine's day that it's the not the first one titled that it's the second one titled that oh, that's weird and this one <laughs> specifically aired on march 20th 2014 yep we had uh, in the with the golden megaphone. We had Beth McCarthy Miller, mm. very prolific director. Uh, she did three episodes of Parks and Rec, and uh, or Parks and Rec. Yeah, I don't know why I put the emphasis on the syllable that way, but hey, it sounded weird. But this was the second of three that she ultimately did, and uh, she had a season one episode, and uh, a season six episode, and a season seven episode. Wow! So she got one more to go. Uh, with the uh, the golden pen this week, we've got Emma Fletcher. Uh, this was the, her first of two. Emma's a writer producer, and uh, she she has a uh, another episode in season seven called Pie Mary, which I think I remember that episode. As mm. that. So uh, we got that coming up not that long from now, Mark. I know, yeah, I know, crazy. Hey, why don't we get into our uh, episode synopsises? All right, synopsises incoming, Sir Alan of the Roundtable. Uh, I split this sucker up into one, two, three, three stories. <laughs> Woohoo! Nice job. I, I feel like you're like, what, running four for four now. Yeah, I'm fine. We won't talk about before that. Fire. Yeah. All right. You know, the the, the brass here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters asked me to please have a theme. Yeah. And I said, I don't I don't know what, what I would want as my theme. And yeah. they said, how about you be funny? Oh. Hmm. A little hurtful, but okay. It's well, straight see how to the you point. Did. So, well, yeah. so my, my theme is, no I'm, hopefully this is funny. Ah. All right. My A story. Your theme is, I hope this is funny? Yeah. Oh. So it doesn't matter if it's funny. The theme <laughs> is the hope that springs eternal. Wow. Yeah. So take that. I like it. My A story I have as entitled, Meet the New Anne, Same as the Old Anne. Very nice. Not bad. Nice um, tip of the hat to The Who. Homage to the 1971 song, Do Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who. I love it. After two months without Anne, Leslie is really missing her, which gets exacerbated when Anne leaves a voicemail to say she can't make their weekly chat session. Trying to do something constructive, Leslie organizes an impromptu Galentine's Day and invites Donna, April, Shauna Mulway-Tweep, Ethel Beavers, and Evelyn, 
who we know as a fake Anne. Fake Anne, from, yeah. From uh, Eagleton. Uh, from the episode Doppelganger. That's right. That's, that's right. right. Um, and Leslie has an ulterior motive here of testing them to see who would be the best candidate for her new local um, best friend. Yeah. During the brunch, Leslie asked the ladies several questions to figure out each of their qualities. And unfortunately, her plan backfires when the women find out she is ranking them and everyone angrily leaves, except Shauna Malway Tweep. <laughs> what will happen? Will Shauna be Leslie's new best friend? By default. Oh, God. Can Donna and April forgive Leslie for pitting them against each other? Why did Anne have to postpone their weekly chat session? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Uh, I also had a theme this week. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't. Uh, is yours all songs or we're going to find out? We're going to learn as we go. Oh, God, no. I'm oh. not that organized. It's the, Fair I enough. hope I'm funny. Oh, okay. Catch I up. get it. Uh, mine's board games. That's brilliant. Yeah, okay, go, man, that, go. Maybe, maybe I've never done that, or maybe it's been a while. So uh, my my A story there. Um, <laughs> so this board game is titled And 2.0. <laughs> and uh, it's the first, you, you win by being the first one to find a new best friend. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. Huh. I, I think there might be something there. I, I mean, I'm, I haven't called Hasbro yet, but I'm, I'm workshopping it with Harvey and Constantine. Wow. Well, now, I, earlier they were throwing game pieces at each other, but you know, that, that I don't think it was about the game. There are always going to be obstacles when you workshop yeah, with those two in the same true. room. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Just make sure that the game pieces aren't pointy yeah. and you'll be fine. It's too late. Oh. There's like one sticking out of Constantine's forehead. Well, that's, we'll, he'll be we'll, fine. We'll, 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 okay, continue to workshop. Take him to the dentist too. So <laughs> how about your B story, Mark? B story I have as entitled... Now is the winter of our discount tent. Okay. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. 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 A play on now is the winter of our yeah. discontent, the famous opening line of Richard III, a play by William Shakespeare, yeah. whom I share a birthday with. Do you really? I do. Well, happy birthday to you both uh, in April. Yes. April 23rd. See, I remembered that because of Shakespeare, not because of you. That's hurtful, <laughs> but okay. Sorry. <clears throat> All right. Uh, ben is looking to rent a tent. For the Unity concert and recruits Tom and Jerry to accompany him to Tent Tent World to finalize the deal. Upon meeting with Harvey, huh? Any relation? No. Upon meeting with Harvey, <laughs> he's the, no wallbanger. The, the, the easy, <laughs> the owner and CEO of Tent World. It becomes clear that Harvey is a, a no good Nick, and, and Ben mm -hmm. is not receiving a fair deal for the tents that he originally asked for. Standing firm, he turns down Harvey's deal, and he decides to take his business elsewhere. Unfortunately, this leads to Ben's next realization. Every tent store in Pawnee is owned by Harvey. Ugh. He is, in fact, in southern Indiana. The whole southern Indiana. He has a tent monopoly. He has a tentopoly. How will this turn out? Does someone come up with a secret weapon to use against Harvey? Can the guys actually get a tent for the Unity concert? Will Ben ever admit in public that he actually likes Jerry? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Well, it's funny you would say that, Mark, because mm. my second board game is actually called Tentopoly. Aww. See what I did there? Yeah. yeah. You beat me to the punch. Stole my notes. But apparently that's in fine. this game, you move around the board, you buy all the tents, and you make the other players homeless, and that's how you win the game. Oh. So, 
It seems like a good game. You know what? That's brilliant because you clearly save money on all the house and hotel icons. That's exactly right. There's no need to no. waste plastic like little that. Little tents. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. Maybe a little campfire, a little shopping cart, like when you're going around there. Oh <laughs> my god! All right. At the at the what the, the hobo gathering? Yeah, we don't we don't. Yeah, we call them that. Okay. Well, my daughter like called them hobos for years. I'm like, honey, no one's said the word hobo since like the 1920s. Like if you if you like run and, and jump on a train yeah. as it's going by That's and you have I like said. a little There's no train here. A little bindle yeah. on your on your back. I think she watched an old movie or something. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know that was called a bindle? I did actually. The the, the, the stick with the yeah. thing where it's tied bindle. in the like I don't know what the hell it is, but everybody has them. It's called a bindle. It looks more like a bundle, but I don't know how it got to be called a bindle. I don't either. That'd be fascinating. Words are funny. All right, get on that. <laughs> yeah, you find out what it, you let us know next week. Okay, thanks. How about your sea story, Mark? Sea story um, is entitled, Andy has an appointment at Tooth Hurty. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. All right. I think you scored, uh, you did well on your theme today. They're all funny. Congratulations. I, uh, I'm tired. <laughs> that that <laughs> takes a lot of effort you, yeah. out of me. Okay. Uh, speaking of tired, tired of the constant noise in his life, whether from children or coworkers or whatever, Ron volunteers to actually do the park survey himself for huh. the Unity concert, looking forward to spending the day outside and alone in solitude. Unfortunately, Leslie assigns Andy to help out Ron. This puts a kink in Ron's plans as uh-huh. Andy's uh, childish nature uh, greatly starts to annoy Ron, who just wants to do his work in peace and quiet. Things come to a head when Andy, no pun intended, when Andy knocks his tooth out and requires Ron to drive him to a dentist. Ron tries to leave, but it becomes clear Andy is lost with the paperwork, so he stays. After a while, though, Andy grows antsy and asks Ron if they can just leave. What will happen? Does Andy end up leaving the dentist? Can Ron ever take a break from parenting those around him? Will Andy ever get his tooth fixed? Hang in there, true believers only. Time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. You just shove it right back in. Although I think that he tries that and it doesn't five really work. Yeah, five second roll. Five second roll. no damn good. <laughs> so Mark, my, my C story was the same. And of course, my, uh, my board game related to that is called Shh and Ladders. So... <laughs> So I thought that was particularly That good. is pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was good. It doesn't matter if you get to the end. Yeah. It just matters that everyone playing the game can have some bleep and peace and quiet. That's it exactly. Right. So the, the premise of this game is children have to move from level to level silently by sliding down slides. Right. So there you go. I love it. Yeah. So I think those are marketable games if I if I can say so myself. We'll we'll have to see. I think that there's a glimmer of genius in each of them. Sure. We'll see how the workshops yeah, go. Yeah, we need to fan that spark. Yeah, let's fan that spark. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, uh, why don't we get into our AKA, and then we'll do our breakdown and get the show on the road. AKAs. Uh, we only do a- one. AKA. AKA. Yeah. Because AKA is plural if we say you and I, but for me, my is an AKA. Is an AKA. Because I only need to do one because I get yelled at otherwise. Get it right the first time. All right. That's right. All right. Because they don't like it when we talk a lot in this segment. About AKAs? Yeah. The problem is when you do... Look, okay. All right. Here's my AKA. Uh-huh. It's from Andy. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> he's... A, he's he, he Remember, he, Ron brought him to the dentist office. Yeah. And there's, all, there's lots of magazines and stuff. Yeah. And... At one point, 
he's looking at a magazine, a thing, and he just kind of closes it and he shakes his head and he tell he says very earnestly, "Well, the numbers don't lie. I'm a goofus, not a gallant." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that really spoke to me. I love it. I, I too reference that later too. I too at heart am a goofus. Are you a goofus? I am totally a goofus. I I don't know. I've never taken the the quiz. I need to find out. You do. I do. It could change your life. <laughs> Mark, my AKA was also from the sea story, mm. which is interesting to me that we both chose the sea story, but mm. we might talk about that later. Um, mine is from Ron's talking head where he's talking about, he just needs this peace and quiet because he says, you know, he says, there is no quiet anymore. There is only Doc McStuffins. Yeah. Doc McStuffins oh has God. permeated everything. Poor bastard. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that phase. I, thankfully I didn't have Doc McStuffins, but I had its predecessors. Mm. Yeah. With my daughter. So yep. uh, yeah. That'll happen. That does happen. So good luck to all the parents of young children out there. Yes. And uh, why don't we do our uh, do the breakdown and let's get this thing going. Let's do it. Break do it, it down. Break it down. Okay. Cold open incoming. Um, this episode opens at Leslie and Ben's house. And we see Ben walk into the living room to see Leslie orchestrating a, a gigantic cork board filled with pictures and notes and string and it's a crime scene board. push pins connecting them it's almost like you would see at a police station when they're going after like a big criminal uh, yep. organization trying to figure out who the mafia boss is yeah yeah so ben asks like what the hell and then leslie tells him that she and Anne have been falling behind in their regularly scheduled chat so she's over preparing trope alert Weird. Uh, a, a bit to rank topics of conversation for their next call when Ben reminds Leslie that she can always use him as a sounding board, she reminds him that every time she talks to him five seconds later, she kind of wants to jump his bones. And then they just, then that's what happens the rest of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cute scene. Yeah. It's but, cute. Yeah. It's, it's, is it plot relevant though? <sighs> yeah. I'm going to say it is. I'll say it's mildly plot relevant. Yeah, like around the edges. Around the edges. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to use that in the future. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, from the killed open, we kick off the main episode in the bullpen where Leslie's confirming assignments for the upcoming Unity concert and Ron does something quite unexpected, almost seemingly related to government work. Not to shock us out of our, 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 our smooth transition there, but did yeah. you call that the killed open? I don't know. <laughs> you, like you like like killed like in past tense the killed open like Maybe. like I killed it. I did it so well. Yeah, they, we killed it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, I haven't made fun of you enough on air. I just no, have to pounce on I was every little say, thing. I was starting to hurt a little bit. They keep going. A little owie. Sorry about that. <laughs> I love you. Okay. So so now we cut to the city hall conference room where we see Leslie is explaining to everyone what all their tasks are pertaining to the Unity concert. Hey, Harvey, start us off, buddy. Play the clip. On to the Unity concert. Ben is meeting with the tent people to finalize those deals. Yep. April and Donna will be helping me with the vendor location charts, yep. and I will be meeting with the surveyors about the concert grounds. I would like to volunteer to do the park survey myself. Wow, Ron, I always knew there would be a day when I would get through to you, and you would love government work. Today is that historic day. Yes, that is what has <laughs> happened. Spending the day outside alone sounds like a dream. I love being a father, but there are a few things I miss. Silence, the absence of noise, one single moment undisturbed by the sounds of a children's TV program called Doc McStuffins. 
There is no quiet anymore. There is only Doc McStuffins. Okay. Sorry, Emily. Uh, Andy, why don't you go with Ron and help him? I really don't need... Shotgun! I call shotgun. Where are we going? Doesn't matter. Shotgun. Shotgun on all rides for the rest of the day. For the rest of my life. In any car. Ha-ha! I just faced you suckers. So I'll see you in the parking lot, Ron. Later! Man, I, I, I saw Ron's facial expression at the uh, end of that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's happy that Andy's going to be there with him. He looked both frustrated and unhappy. A little constipated. Yeah, a little constipated. He yeah. does have that constipated look. Kind of like with a big bushy mustache. You just can't tell which it is. <laughs> yeah, hides it well. <laughs> I'm working on mine right now. <laughs> uh, so but I, I thought that was... It's interesting how childish Andy is in this episode. I'm mm-hmm. sure they're playing it up to to create this contrast, but uh, uh, I'm already annoyed with him. I'd, I'd leave his body somewhere, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All so, right. We'll see. I mean, I love Andy, but, you know. Yeah. You know. We all have our limits. I we understand. have our limits. Yeah. I like that. Yes, I'm going to use that. <laughs> Following Leslie's team huddle, Tom and Ben confer on the best approach for their assignment, and Ben unexpectedly advocates for a certain co-worker to tag along. That's right. We cut to Tom's office where we see Tom and Ben preparing to take off for Tent World. When Ben happens to see Jerry walking outside in the hallway, he calls out to him and asks if he wants to tag along, which delights Jerry. Tom protests, but Ben reminds Tom that Jerry did all the paperwork for this deal, and he actually deserves an invitation. I thought that was nice. I did too. Yeah, so it's good to see somebody standing up for Jerry all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, finally, maybe a better way to say it. Larry, although, Jerry, Gary. Although Ben does have the, the very quick talking head at the end of that scene where he oh, yeah. says, like, Larry is not that bad, he's nice, and frankly, I don't care who knows I said that as long as no one knows that I said that. <laughs> so we already have, like, an interesting dynamic yes. befriending the weird kids sort yeah. of a thing. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, having been the weird kid, I appreciate what he's doing here for Jerry. (laughs) Well, meanwhile, Leslie prepares for her regular phone chat with Anne, only to find that her plans have changed, and Leslie does her best to fill the recovered time appropriately. Yeah, we now cut to the bullpen, where we see Leslie informing Donna and April that her call with Anne is about to start. Harvey, play the clip. Okay, ladies, I will be in my office for one to seven hours for my weekly chat with Anne. I brought some fresh snacks, and I made a backup plan for the vendor chart in case, you know, yours isn't good. Actually, Anne called while you were in the bathroom. She said uh, something came up. She called you later. I don't know. I told her to leave your voicemail. Oh, God, why'd you let me say all that? I'm coming in, voicemail. I'm coming. Listen to me very carefully. I have not been taken. I know that's always your first fear when I'm not available, but this is not a Liam Neeson taken scenario. That's exactly what they'd make you say. Also, no one's making me say this. I am a free woman, untaken, simply (laughs) going about my business. I just have to run. Something came up. I love you, and I'll call you later. Donna, what's good, baby? What's going down in Donna Town? What's the haps in Meaglewood? I'm listening to Jaleel or No Deal. It's a podcast where the kid who played Urkel reviews old Deal or No Deal episodes. It's pointless, and I love it. Okay, don't let me interrupt. April, what's the 411, little mama? What's the hot goss? Who you crushing on these days? Ew, my husband, weirdo. Can I get back to work now? Thanks, bye. (sighs) Work? You can work whenever, except for now. Because now is lady time. Sound like a tampon commercial. (laughs) I'm setting up an impromptu Valentine's Day. (gasps) Really? Yeah. Wait, I thought you weren't going to do Valentine's Day this year because that she-beast moved away. I believe her name was Satan. Yep. Her name is Anne, and she is gone, and I have accepted it, and we are going to have Valentine's Day. Ladies up front. 
I need an Anne who lives in Pawnee, and there is no one obvious candidate, so I will test them out on the ultimate battlefield of female friendship, Galentine's Day Brunch. It will be a women's only marathon bonding session with tons of whipped cream. Side note, do not Google that phrase. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, probably best. I, uh, I Googled that phrase. Oh, no. My... My uh, my browsing privileges have been cut off by, <laughs> by LFP Worldwide Headquarters IT. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I, that, that, I saw the uh, them on your computer the other day, and now I know what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. It's a big red sign that says "Don't, don't, subtle. just don't." <laughs> <laughs> well, while Leslie plans her impromptu friend raiser, you like that? <laughs> nice. Ron takes to his specific task with support from his helper. Mark, I did air quotes. I know our Aww. viewers couldn't see those at home. Yeah, as yeah. a as big uh, yeah. finger quotes yeah. there. Uh, it's like when when you're like uh, your your four year old daughter wants to help you wrap yes. Christmas presents. Yes, because you've hammer. already told her that there's yeah. no Santa Claus and and shattered her hopes and dreams for the rest of her life. Wow, that explains so much. I mean, not me, just someone else. That someone else did that. Is yeah. not me. Not you. Yeah, good. But they they, they want to help. They're not helping. It, it, better analogy would be if you're cooking something. Sure. But that four-year-old deserved it. We all know it. No, she knows there's no Santa Claus. What does she care at this point? <laughs> I should go on. You okay. should move on. We, yeah. we now cut to a playground where we see Ron using uh, surveying equipment, which would be nice and peaceful, except for Andy uh, hanging upside down on the monkey bars behind him, barraging him with childlike questions. Important every, questions, he every, says. Yeah, every five <laughs> or ten seconds. Like, a, like an example would be... A, you go to the ATM and get money. Are there people standing behind the wall then sliding, sliding the money to you? How did he know? No, not. Um, unfortunately, Andy uh, is on the monkey bars and ends up uh, falling and whacking his face on the ground because uh, he's hanging upside down and apparently gravity and stuff. And he bloodies his mouth and he knocks his tooth out. Oh well, God. the good news is Ron does manage to find the tooth. The bad news is, despite what Andy might think, this does not qualify for the five-second rule. <laughs> Even if it did in terms of, you know, dirt, I'm not sure you can put an act of tooth back in the hole. He tried. He tried. It, it did not very work. very painful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, from there, across town, Ben, Tom, and Jerry make their first stop on the tent tour. And it turns out that Tom could have left his straightforward deal fedora at home. Oh, so annoying. I know. Yeah, we now cut to Ben, Tom, and Jerry arriving at Tent World. Tom insists that Jerry stay outside and double-check, triple-check the deal memos, whatever, while he and Ben go inside. Inside, they meet Harvey... Spieljorm, fun with names, um, owner and CEO of Tent World. Uh, Harvey seems, I would say, somewhat cocky. And, and, and he, hand, right. he hands him a, a thick collection of papers that he insists, this is the contract that you, you guys need to sign. You want you to just go and sign it. There's yeah, no need to read it. Well, that's not how Ben rolls. So he is going to read that sucker because he doesn't sign stuff without looking at the details. This angers Tom somewhat because, at, to your point, Alan, after all, he was wearing his straightforward deal fedora, <laughs> and this is clearly not a straightforward deal. He That's stopped right. by the storage unit to pick it up. I know. I know. And did you see at the end, he takes it off and throws it. it. He's angry. Yeah. Blam. Oh, right on the ground. So maybe that's what puts Tom in a bad mood. Maybe. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Well, across town, Leslie and her impromptu gal gang 
meet up at a local cafe, and the contest to be Leslie's new bestie begins in earnest, and also technically in secret. Yeah, we now cut to the Bluebell Cafe. We've been here. I think a couple times one of before. the Galentine's Day episodes. Maybe uh, the last one not called Galentine's Day. Maybe that's true. I know that Ann and Chris were here when they were wondering what the yeah, sex of their baby was going to be. That's definitely true. But anyway, so yeah, we're at the Bluebell Cafe and we see Leslie kick off the impromptu Galentine's Day with an impressive list of females present. Harvey, play the impressive clip, sir. Shauna, I'm so glad you could make it. You're so tan. Oh, thanks. I just got back from a solo trip to Rome. Mm. I was going to go with my boyfriend, but he couldn't come because he decided to stay with his wife. Oh. I love Rome. It's such a great place. Rome's played out. Have y'all been to Kuala Lumpur? When did you go to Asia? I go all the time. Where do you think I got that crystal Buddha head above my jacuzzi? You have a jacuzzi? Good to know. <laughs> Prospects for new Pawnee best friend. Donna Meagle, yep. confident, worldly, we go way back. April Ludgate, yep. vivid imagination, young and vibrant. <laughs> Shauna Malway Tweep, yep. pretty, fragile, makes terrible life decisions, a real fixer-upper. But look, it's not like Anne was doing so hot when I met her. Mm. Ethel Bieber's, yep. a bit of a dark horse, crotchety, but probably wise. <laughs> and then we got Evelyn, AKA fake Anne. Yep. I don't know her last name. Honestly, we just needed bodies. Thank you, everyone, for getting together on such short notice, and happy Galentine's Day. Yay. Now, this is not technically the right date, but any time a group of women get together for brunch, we embody the spirit of the holiday. Today, we will celebrate friendship, spend a few hours together, and answer a couple of questions I've compiled. Just for fun, nothing serious. But please, answer them with complete honesty, because I'll be able to tell if you're lying. <laughs> to girlfriends! Okay, it's time for a little Galentine's Day Q&A. Donna, you pick first. What is your favorite TV show? Well, for live tweeting, it's Scandal. Yep. For binge watching, it's Scandal. Yep. But for fashion, it's actually Scandal. Yeah. My answer is Scandal. Yep. Hmm. April? Ooh, I love watching Russian traffic accidents on YouTube while I play children's music at the wrong RPM. Mm. I like beauty pageants. <laughs> Everyone is so happy and perfect. I like diagnosis murder <laughs> and uh, skin flicks. Can anybody top me off? The correct answer for favorite TV show is Friday Night Lights. The correct answer? Next question. Huh. huh. That's weird that there's a correct answer to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's odd. Huh. Mark, Mark is it just me? Is uh, Leslie taking up smoking or does Amy have a cold? Um... She sends a little nasal. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can hear it in her voice. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, back at Tent World, the devil is in the details of the rather lengthy contract, and Ben is not exactly on board with some of the new terms, you know, mostly pages 2 through 75. <laughs> yeah, we now cut back to Tent World, where Ben has decided the contract Harvey gave them is riddled with ridiculous surcharges. Like, for example, there's an unfolding charge. There's a flap tax. <laughs> a flap. But, Mark, you can't have a tent without flaps. That's just a, like a canopy. It's, it's like a parachute then. Yeah, it's, it's no damn good. Um, so after all this, Ben, you know, scoffs at this. And then finally, when, when Harvey doesn't relent, he tells Harvey, you know what? Deal's off. We're going to take our business elsewhere. And, and, and he turns around and he walks off with Tom but not before Tom makes one last attempt at changing things. Yeah, he he um he what he changes his the part of his hair. He thinks that's gonna like get him a better deal. Yeah, he goes from like left to right. <laughs> yeah. And then he turns around and is like, what's the price now? Yeah. It's eighty dollars more. He liked it better. I know. Way. 
But <laughs> Tom does work. take some sort of satisfaction in pointing out to Bent, it does have an it effect. It does have an impact. Nerd. That's true. Yeah. Mark, I thought it was interesting that Harvey, uh, even before, like, because like right away, Ben wants to ask questions and he wants to charge him a surcharge for having a discussion. Yeah. But even before that, he he calls them like names, like idiots. Like, it's just interesting to me that he's already like disrespecting them in addition to having this difficult contract. It's almost like he knows that they're going to have to do business with him. It's like he has a tentopoly. A tentopoly. Trademark Allen. Trademark Allen. Play it. It's coming out to a game store near you. Hmm. Well, at our next stop in Greater Pawnee Community, Ron takes his oldest and largest child for some emergency dental attention. Yeah, we now cut to the C.T. Tavis Medical Building. We've, we've been, been here before. We've Duh. been here before, too. I think that's when Ann and Chris did their, their fertility stuff. I think you're right. So, yeah, we now cut to the C.T. Tavis Medical Building where Andy and Ron have arrived at a dentist's office. And Ron tells Andy they the dentist's office has agreed to fit him in as soon as there is an opening, and Ron prepares to leave. However, Ron rethinks this move once Andy begins peppering him with all sorts of questions like, what's my social security number? And am I allergic to anything? <laughs> Poor Andy seems overwhelmed. And while Ron is irritated at this turn of events, he can't bring himself to leave Andy there by himself. I get it. But yeah, <laughs> Andy's clearly maybe never adulted for himself before, mm. but he's confused being allergic to corn with not liking corn. Yeah. If that were true, I'm allergic to a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, back at the cafe, Galentine's Day hits a snag when the contest escapes Leslie's head and is discovered by the other adult contestants. Yeah, Leslie didn't keep her head shut, and that's when the contest leaks out and all the badness happens. So we now cut back to the Bluebell Cafe, where the questions continue, this time with April drawing ladies' choice, meaning each person reveals something about their life, anything at all. As Leslie listens and busily writes down answers and her thoughts in her notebook, Donna and April become more and more interested in the notebook and exactly Ooh. what Leslie is doing. This culminates in April swiping the notebook, reading it, and confronting Leslie with exactly what is going on. She's pitting them against one another and ranking them. Everyone becomes angry at this and decides to leave, with the exception of one person. Well, it's Shauna by default. Yep. That's a good way to pick your new best friend, right? By yep. default. Yep. And then she even looks back at her. She's giving that talking to and she just smiles and uh -huh. waves. Poor Shauna. I feel bad for Shauna in this episode. She's like way, way, way broken. Yeah. Ethel was particularly pissed too. She's like, if, the, if you do this again next year, don't call me. I'm watching you, Wazowski. I know. She is. Oh my God. I love Ethel Beavers. Oh, she's so good. God rest her soul. Yeah. Well, on the next stop on the tent tour, it's time for a quick stop for some gas. Biori strips and, well, technically some more gas. <laughs> we now cut to Ben, Tom, and Jerry stopping off at a gas station on their way to the next a tent rental store. Harvey, play the clip, buddy. My pores are clogged up from being in that dusty warehouse. I'm going to check if this gas station has some Biore strips. Oh, thanks, Larry. That's nice of you. Gail always has me do the windshield. She likes to stand behind me and watch. According to her, it's the best view. <laughs> How is Gail? Oh, uh, wonderful. And the girls? They're good. Why do you want to know? I'm genuinely interested. I'm sorry. I'm just not used to people from the office asking me things. Uh, 
It's kind of scary. In a good way, though. <laughs> oh, man, did I miss a Larry fart? Oh, no. Uh, we were yeah, just... Tom, yeah, Tom. I, I really ripped one. Didn't I, Ben? Yeah, yeah. It was loud. It smells like a hippopotamus took a dump on a skunk. <laughs> it's in your best interest. Oh. Now I feel bad for Jerry and Shauna. Like, the club keeps getting bigger. Yeah, it, although it is interesting that Jerry is self-aware yeah. of what's happening. And what's more than that, it was actually kind of a sweet move on his part in a way. Like, he's, he appreciates. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad that he knows that he that, that this, there's a game to be played. Yes. 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 Exactly. Well, back at the dentist's office, Andy learns whether he's a goofus or a gallant, mm. but I won't spoil that for you. And uh, he also learns that putting a label on certain relationships is surprisingly difficult. Yeah, my AKA already spoiled it. He, he, he's a goofus. He's a goofus. Yeah, we Shocker. now cut back to the C.T. Tavis medical building. I just like saying that. Where we see Ron and Andy are still waiting in the lobby for an opening in the dentist's schedule. At this point, I think Andy has finished most of the magazine games and mazes and stuff. And he's getting rather antsy, just kind of waiting around. Finally, Andy turns to Ron, tells him, you know what, I, I don't care about my tooth. It's fine. Can we just go? And Ron tells him, you are an adult. I am not your dad. If you want to go, we can go. And with that, Andy decides he wants to go. Isn't this where, where Andy decides what his relationship with Ron actually is like? Like he's <laughs> kind of like, he's, he's not his dad, but he's like, you know, he's a cool old uncle, like, or an older brother. Like a grandpa. Like a grandpa. But cool, like a son. He's all <laughs> over the place. He does not understand their relationships. No. Yeah. Well, next up on the tent tour, we learn along with Ben and Tom that there seems to be something of a tent monopoly in southern Indiana. <laughs> Great game. Check it out. Yeah. Um, we now cut to the next tent rental store, appropriately named Rent Ten Tents. I love it. Well, I love it. Um, fun with names. Yeah. A, a woman gives Ben and Tom a small styrofoam cup of coffee each and then tells them that that will be $8. What? Ben is shocked that they are charging them for little cups of coffee like that until he sees Harvey yeah. walk into the room. In short, Harvey tells them he owns every tent store in southern Indiana. And by the way, his prices have gone up since they last talked. Frustrated and not quite sure what to do next, Ben and Tom leave. He calls them dickwa, a dickweed butt face. Like Harvey's coming on strong. Well, he's got a tentopoly. He, he does. When you have the power, the crushing power <laughs> of a tentopoly, you can do that. Well, he owns Tent Town, Rent Tent Tents, the Tent Offensive, Ace Tentura Tent Detective. My favorite. <laughs> that one was by far my yeah, favorite. That's as well. great. Uh, and oh yeah. You've reached the Tentagon. What can I help you with, butt face? <laughs> he's, just, he's just brazen. He really is mm -hmm. uh, flaunting his position. Huh. Wonder if that'll uh, come back to burn him later. We'll see. Mm. Dot, dot, dot. Mm. Well, back at the cafe, Leslie's full attention has now turned to the remaining contestant. And she seems a lot... Uh, well, thank God the phone rings. Yeah, we now cut back to the Bluebell Cafe, where Leslie, I think she's decided to try and make the best of things, arguably. Yeah. I mean, sure, best friend by default, eh. I mean, it's not exactly a ringing endorsement, but why not try? So Leslie and Shauna proceed to make 
some sort of small talk, and they're trying to find common ground between <laughs> them with mixed results, maybe? They, they both went to college. Um, it's something. But all of a sudden, Leslie's cell phone chimes, and she excitedly tells Shauna, Anne had her baby! OMG! At this, Leslie doesn't even pretend. Leslie gets up. She tells Shauna this has been fun. Uh, the bill has been paid. Uh, also, perhaps she should start seeing Chris's old therapist, Dr. Richard Nygaard, yeah. and hurries off to see her beautiful, powerful musk ox of a friend, Ann Perkins. Oh, my God. Yeah. Love it. You know, actually, Dr. Nygaard, you know, if Shauna becomes a Nygaardian, that's what I thought the T.C. Tavis Medical Building had also been used as, where oh. Dr. Nygaard's office was. Well... We've never seen Dr. Richard Nygaard. No, we never met him, but I feel like we saw an exterior and it was there, but I could be misremembering that. I, I actually have something to say on that later. Oh, good. I want to hear Well, from the Bluebell, Leslie quickly heads north to Michigan, you know, of course, following all posted speed limit signs, of course. Right. And is among the first to meet the new super baby. <laughs> What's well, Chris Traeger's baby? What yeah, of course. It's got to be a super yeah. baby. This is a short little scene. We now cut to University Hospital. In... Hey, Mark, I want to interrupt real quick there. What that is? That, that exterior shot, University yeah. Hospital. If you yeah. remember from our locations episode, mm. that's a University North Hospital here in Indianapolis. They I, shot that's that. right. Yeah. That's right. Kind of cool. Ex except this University Hospital is in uh, Michigan. Apparently. Yeah. 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 So Leslie drove from Pawnee to Michigan to yeah. see the baby. Yeah. It took like three minutes. It's amazing. Fast. Like, as long as a commercial break. I don't <laughs> even know was. how they did that. That's weird. So we now cut to University Hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I'm That's assuming, correct. or close to Yeah, I to think there, it would be around there. Where Ann is laying in bed, holding her newborn son, Oliver Perkins Traeger. He's cute. With Leslie by her side as Ann introduces the two. When Leslie asks why Ann didn't tell her that she was in labor, Ann... Simply tells her contractions can sometimes go for days, and mm. she, she knew that she would rush here, and she didn't want her to be stuck waiting around. Be that as it may, Alan, Leslie is clearly happy to be there now with Anne and Oliver. Well, where's Chris? He's not there. He's uh, he's not there. Uh, <laughs> he was a uh, really they the nurses realized he was a good coach uh -huh. because of what he did with Anne, uh. and he says you're such a good coach. There's a delivery down the hall. Can you just be there and be positive, and that will help. If anybody can do it, Chris can. I think he can. Yeah, I think he can, too. Yeah. Well, while Leslie is catching up with Anne and meeting the baby, Ron spends a little more time with another baby, just much bigger and with a few more teeth. Oh, yikes. But a not few. all of them. No, not all of them. <laughs> we now cut back to City Hall, where we see, uh, in the bullpen, where we see Andy sitting at the central circular table trying to slurp on a big gulp or some reasonable facsimile. Hey, Harvey, do the clip thing, man. Ow. 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 Andrew, you need to get your tooth fixed. No way. I'm not going back there. I already won all the magazine mazes. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. Ow. If you don't take care of the problem now, it's only going to get worse. Come on. I'll drive you back. Fine. I mean, just walk down this peanut brittle real quick. <laughs> Why would you do that? Oh, right. Because calories. Calories. Yeah, definitely calories. My God. Yeah. Sweet, stupid Andy. Yeah. That's why you smacked the box out of my hand last time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. so glad I have a friend like you to yeah. smack the peanut brittle out of my hand. I I'm here for you, Mark. Good, good, good. Well, just when you think there is no hope, sometimes help will come from an unexpected place. 
Yeah, we now cut to Ben's office where it seems Ben and Tom are on the verge of, seems like they're ready to give up. Yeah. Well, he it, owns every tent for 300 miles. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not good. No. However, just as defeat seems imminent, Jerry walks in and tells them he was double-checking the paperwork and that something about Harvey's corporate structure just seemed off, seemed fishy. He dug around. Turns out Harvey has a lot of code violations. Ooh. Maybe this is the leverage they need to get a fair deal. Who knows? You know, Mark, you, you did the internet search you weren't supposed to earlier. Well, apparently mm. Ben found one he thought might be promising for mm. a moment. It was a place called Sweaty Rogers Pants Tent. Yeah. Not, not no, about Mayday, no. Mayday. No, <laughs> Run this is not a drill. Oh, my God. IT block that one, please. Yes, please. Please and thank you. Well, back at the hospital, Leslie and Ann try to squeeze in a whole lot of catching up in just a little bit of time. Yeah, we now cut back to University Hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where Leslie tells Anne about her uh, her plans, her impromptu Valentine's Day slash friend ranking uh, escapade. Harvey, play the clip, sir. Thank you. Mm, I don't want to drive back. I miss you so much. No one even comes close to you as a friend. I even tried to rank the women at work, but... That was a total bust. You ranked them? Well, I thought maybe I could use Galentine's Day as an opportunity. <gasps> Leslie, Galentine's Day? <sighs> what do you want me to do, Anne? I need to find a replacement. And don't worry, it didn't work. Nobody can match your ethnic hybrid energy. Everybody brings their own <laughs> unique strengths to the table. Some that even I don't have. You shut your mouth. You have all the strengths. <laughs> you love harder than anyone I know. It's tough to match. I know Donna and April don't show it, but they would do anything for you. That's not like you and I always see eye to eye. I mean, Friday Night Lights, I am more of a Riggins girl and you lean Saracen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Riggins is a criminal. He took the fall for his brother. Okay, he didn't watch out for his brother. You know, I'm not having this conversation with you again. That family is garbage. <laughs> <sighs> the point is, we didn't always like the same stuff when we first became friends. Just don't force it. Give it some time. No, you're right, Anne. Thank you. It's just I'm missing you, and there's so much stuff I want to talk to you about. Well, you're here now, so let's talk. Oh, I think Oliver has more pressing business. Okay, but we should talk soon, because I almost bought a toe ring the other day. <laughs> what? Anne, you're somebody's mother. I know. Okay. I'm going to give you two some time. I'll call you from the car. <laughs> She'll have at least three minutes for Leslie to get to the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see Rashida Jones back. Yeah, I, I agree. mean, she wasn't gone all that long, but at the same time, I, I didn't realize I'd missed her, and I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, Mark, we now jump back to the dentist for the second time in this episode, and Ron gains a new appreciation for the difficulties of parenthood. Yeah, we now cut back to the C.T. Tavis Medical Building, where we see Ron has driven Andy back to the dentist with no peanut brittle. Um, they finally have an opening for Andy, and they lead him to the back with Ron assuring him that he'll be out there in the lobby if he's needed. As a grateful Andy goes back to get his tooth fixed, Ron pulls out his awesome flip phone that he uses <laughs> he only for emergencies, calls Diane, tells her that he'll be home soon to give her a little break, and by the way, is there any flavor of ice cream that she, Zoe, and Ivy would like? Because he knows damn well he's going to be getting some for Andy. If he's getting it for a 30-year-old, he can get it for them too. Although I will say, getting something very freezing and cold, maybe not the best choice for someone who just had tooth surgery. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> but Andy's going to ask for it anyway, and Ron knows it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, you know, lick. Ow! Yeah. He lick. didn't get the Ow. peanut brittle. What else is he going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, back at Tent World, it turns out that every Harvey has a weakness, and you just have to find it. Every rose has its thorn, and every Harvey Thank you, Axel has Rose. a weakness. Yeah. How'd you know that? Yeah. So we now cut back to Tent World, the very thing that's the first place that they went. Um, where we see Ben and Tom sitting down with Harvey in his, what I assume is his zebra print office. <laughs> I love it. Harvey, play the clip. Hello, Harvey. We found a glaring number of code violations you've committed. I could see to it, but never rent another tent in this region again. <laughs> Gentlemen, I've won two online satellite Jamaican poker tournaments. I can tell that you're bluffing. Your Pawnee business license has lapsed, which negates most of the deals you've made this year. I'm guessing you're pretty bad at poker. I am, and I was bluffing about winning those tournaments. Gentlemen, clearly there's been a misunderstanding here. I'm hoping that we can reach some kind of a compromise. Yeah, first off, I need to know where you got these zebra print pillows. Second of all, I got a tin cup Blu-ray itching for a Rene Russo signature. <laughs> the compromise is that you're gonna sign the deal we originally agreed upon. We're going to let you continue renting tents and you're going to do it at a fair price. And Larry, he's the guy that brought you down and he's gonna be watching you like a hawk. Oh, hey, I'm Larry. Great to know you. I love Tent World. God! Can you just be cool for one second? When, uh, when they pointed out that Larry, Jerry, yeah. was going to be watching him like a hawk. The, yeah. the the camera points to behind where they're sitting and talking in Harvey's office. And yeah. Jerry's playing with one of those... Perpetual motion things. It's like a, yeah. a Newton's... Yeah, the, the Newton's balls, I think. Work toy. It's called a, a Newton's cradle. That's what it is called. Yeah, that's much better. It is what it's called. No, I know, I know things. Better than I know, balls. but you're surprised, aren't you, a little bit, that L I knew that? A little bit. Know, all right. Yeah, just, to be honest. Mark, is it just me, or does that location feel like it's a repurposed Dennis Feinstein office? Is it just the zebra print pillows making me feel that? Or, or I don't know, the whole layout, I just feel like this is the set they use for Feinstein and they've just updated it. I got to tell you, I, I got a Feinsteinian vibe from the zebra print. <laughs> I don't know if like architecturally, but I you, you could totally sell me on that point. That's probably what did it. Yeah. It was that. Well... Finally, Leslie made it back to Pawnee, and it's time to clean up some of the fallout from Operation Galentine's Day. Yeah, we now cut to City Hall, where we see Leslie enter the bullpen with drinks for Donna, Mocha Ice Blended, and April, Black Coffee with Extra Grounds. Gross. Gross. Leslie apologizes to both of them, gives them their drinks, and emphasizes to them that they are wonderful friends and she loves them dearly. Donna and April appreciate it and reciprocate, and because they know Leslie has been missing Anne so much, they got her a stuffed bunny. And when Leslie presses the bunny's paw, we hear Anne's voice. Hi, Leslie, it's Anne. I love you and everything's going to be okay. That's sweet, right? It's very sweet. And Leslie loves it and even tries to thank them with a five-minute hug. Oh, sure. But Donna and April <laughs> manage to escape. <laughs> Good for them. Uh, and then she presses the paw again, and this time it's April. Well, I don't know. Like, look, this is all Sorry. we know. You, with those animals, it's a Zodiac killer. With Sorry. those animals, you can press, you can record multiple yeah, things. Apparently, so you don't know that it's not Anne. But the the, the message says, uh, "I'm just an impartial bunny, but I think Anne sucks." Also, I'm the Zodiac. <laughs> like the voice gets real mean. <laughs> it like it's Zodiac-y. Uh, yeah. 
It's too bad that it wasn't one of those one push button recorders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of destroys the magic of the other recording. It does. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up with our kicker, Ben makes an unpopular confession, and there may be no coming back from this. Oy, oy, oy. In our uh, final scene, we cut to the bullpen at City Hall again, where Tom is now giving everyone an update on the status of things. I don't know if he's just talking about the tent stuff or maybe the Unity concert in general or whatever. Yeah. But then we see, but the whole gang's there. Yeah. And we see Jerry walk in sheepishly uh, into the bullpen, like he apologizes for being late. He was looking for his inhaler. Apparently he's having some breathing problems and the gang ribs him for a while and teases him like, you, you know, your inhaler is under my pile of pistachio <laughs> shells because you're allergic. Ha ha ha. You're going to die. And, <laughs> you know, they're just mean. They're really mean to mean, him. Yeah. I and then so. finally, Ben has had enough and he stands up on a chair. Oh, my God. He stands up on a chair and yeah. he says he likes Jerry, that he's a good friend, that he's a fine man. He has an inexplicably gorgeous wife to the point where it makes no sense at all, but we're getting off point. He's a nice <laughs> person. And, and and as he put it, oh, captain, my captain, because on a chair, yeah. uh, Jerry is my friend. So publicly, poor, you know, announcing that. Yeah. And so then we have a very sweet moment where Jerry looks at Ben very earnestly and tells him in front of everyone, thank you, Ben. I mean that. Now, <laughs> had they stop perfect the episode place to fade to black. there that would have like made you come away from the episode like oh my yeah. god like how sweet is that yeah they didn't stop the no. episode there and then on account of what happens is is the nice moment was interrupted by jerry then in the next few seconds tripping over something and tooting in front of everyone <laughs> and i say tooting this wasn't a this is like a haymaker he rips one yeah it's like yeah. shattered yes. walls and stuff yeah um, talk about wallbanger, and then, but this so this doesn't mean that Ben's wrong or that Jerry's not a nice guy, but it right. perhaps hijacks the nice moment that Ben was trying to create. He goes, "Come on, man! Come on, man! Like even I'm on your I side. I was trying. I was trying, and you just dismantled my. Is it so? Fade to black. Bart to black. Yeah. Yeah. Bart to black. Bro. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've been waiting all episode to say it, man. I did not realize you had that in the hopper. It That's was brilliant. ready. It was ready to go, Mark. So I just had to wait for it. Yup. Well, hey, Mark, let's do this. Let's take a break. Uh, might have a fart or two of our own. We'll to compare notes and we'll come back and uh, finish this thing up. No comment. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. In a rare turn of events, I volunteered for this week's commercial due to a positive experience I had recently. You see, recently my children, both familial and work-related, have needed dental checkups. Their dentist's office is located in the C.T. Tavis Medical Center, located in downtown Pawnee. While I had prepared myself for an afternoon of three-year-old People magazines while waiting in the lobby, they gave me a handheld buzzy thing which would alert me when the appointment was over, allowing me to leave the dentist's office and thus cut my tether from sterile boredom and tedious paintings of brightly colored fish. Provided with this freedom, I decided to head out and peruse the rest of the building, and boy howdy, let me tell you, they have an impressive list of goods and services. Here are some of the things you will encounter if you ever find yourself in the C.T. Tavis Medical Center. 
WWFD. No, this isn't What Would Frank Do? This is Woodworking for Dummies. Not that I need this, mind you, but it's good to see the basics being properly taught to newbies. GIY, which stands for Grill It Yourself. They let you bring in whatever animal you've killed, allow you to skin it, prepare it, and cook it all in one marvelous location. I actually can't believe I didn't think of this one. Wood and Things The new sister company of my tried-and-true go-to, Food and Stuff. Now, I usually say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. However, as a brand new business, I will admit it is too soon to tell what the overlap may be between the aforementioned stuff of Food and Stuff and the promised things of wood and things. I intend to give it a trial run, acquiring some of my wood and a few of my things here for a while and report back and let you know how it goes. Frankie's Frillies, which is apparently a discount version of Victoria's Secret, but for the slightly more, er, uh, seasoned shopper, based on what I could see briskly walking past. Earl's House of Horse for all of your horse-related gear and western wear. Earl's is now excited to offer a trot-in, no-appointment-necessary med check for your convenience. Also, please note that Earl's has recently moved to the third floor. Wait, how will the horses go? Never mind, moving on. And last but not least, Baskin-Robbins. It's ice cream. It's delicious. Nuff said. So, the next time you have a reason to drop by the C.T. Tavis Medical Center, do yourself a favor and frequent some of these fine establishments. Ah, now please excuse me, my handheld buzzy thing is telling me that Zoe is done with her appointment. I have to go. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all. Hi, everybody. We're back. All right. So, Mark, mm. let's talk about deleted scenes. All right. There were not a lot of them this week. There weren't less than two minutes. There were less than two minutes. One minute, 35 seconds to be exact. Only three scenes and uh, all definitely scenes that we could, uh, I think we're fine without. Yeah, they were funny enough. I would say sure. watch them if you have them. Yeah, if you got them. Watch them if you got them. Yeah. Smoke them if you got them. Yep. Yeah. And where can they watch those, Mark? Yeah. Then go out to our affiliate link. No, we don't have one of those. No. We should have one of those. Yeah, we should. We've talked about these DVDs so much. We should be getting some some ka-ching back. Yeah, we should deal. be getting some bank. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if you've got the DVDs, check them out. I don't think a lot of those uh, deleted scenes are available anywhere else. So, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, go go do that. Do the thing. Borrow a set from a friend. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do. That's what you do. <laughs> well, hey, Mark, how about tropes, first fun facts, all that fun stuff? Yeah. Hey, did you get any of those? Uh, let's start with first. Let's let's be organized here. How about first? <laughs> let's do first uh, first. <laughs> what? Uh, you kill me. I get you, excited. You slay sometimes. me. Yeah. Well. Capital idea. Let's do first let's, first. Let's do first first. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I have two. I said it's the first time that we meet Ann and Chris's new super baby, Oliver Perkins Traeger. Yeah. Super baby. And uh, I also said it's the first time that Rashida Jones has been back on the show since she and Rob Lowe left. Yep, I said that too. That's all I got. I said it slightly differently. I said, I said first, it's the first time a series main cast member leaves and comes back, mm. which is true. And I said it's the first time Rashida Jones is technically a guest star. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. That, which is weird. Call. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird to see her on the and list instead of the 
front list, yeah. which now has Donna and Jerry in it, which is still terrific. Yeah, she she she's entering with the Donna and Jerry entrance instead yeah. of the main cast en- en- entrance you like got she it. used to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, any other? Oh, actually, I said uh, sorry. I did one other first. But that which is. is weird for me. I said uh, it's the first time Ron actually complains about his kids. I think. With the whole Doc McStuffins thing, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking. positive because I know that when he first met, you know, the girls, he might have been a little bit had some trouble adapting. But I don't think he ever just flat out complained about the kids. You know what? I think you're right. I don't think it was ever complaints. I think it was bewilderment. I yeah. think it was not knowing yeah. how to handle things. Yeah. But that's different. Yeah. And now that he's got John, he's got one of his own, and the girls feel like his. I'm sure by this point, right? He's um. Yeah, he's just he's he's another dad who's complaining about kids. Yeah, yeah, no good kids. Yeah, we know how that works. Anyway, <laughs> uh, how about tropes, Mark? All right, how about them tropes? Uh, I have uh, I don't know if we've done this before. A variation of it, maybe Ron loves silence. Ooh, I like that. Um, a bunch of sweet, stupid Andy. Oh my more, gosh, more yes. than that later. Yeah. Um, punching bag Jerry, big time. Yeah. I also have Jerry Gary later because I always do that. Um, I I also said. I know we've done this before in some of the recent episodes. I said punching bag Ben because like he's trying to do something yeah. and, and at, at the risk of being ridiculed himself for it. He's putting and, himself out there. Yeah. And sometimes he gets punched. He does. Um, I said, I, I, this is a new one. I said, Ben loves Jerry. Cause, cause there have been several like episodes yeah. where it's, it's established that I think Ben's growing closer to Jerry. Yeah. Well, maybe not love, but you know what I mean? Fair um, enough. Fun with names, yes, for a variety of reasons, including not only people like Harvey Spillorm, but oh also gosh. places like Ace Tentura Ten Detective. <laughs> I love that. Um, Did you see one of the guest stars? Hmm. First of all, the actor's name is Piper Major, which is kind of a fun with name name anyway. But yeah, that's a real name. Yeah, the character was <laughs> Dobrol Catamaran. Wow. I all right. That's. Talk about fun with names. If that doesn't qualify, nothing does. Yeah, yes. yeah. Was that the woman who gave him the coffee? I think it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I have, that's funny. Yeah. I have Tom the businessman yeah, with Tom. things like his straightforward deal fedora or parting his hair to one side to get the best deal. Um, there are some mugs to the camera oh, for yes. sure. For ben sure. and April seem to be the big people that do that. They're the most regular. Yeah. I think so. Um, they have a lot of brand apparently in their diet. So <laughs> Overprepared Leslie. Yes. Uh, especially at the very beginning oh, yeah. with the crazy crime scene thing. Yes, I love that. Um, Leslie loves Anne. Yep. Uh, Leslie Ann compliments. Yes. Magnificent pregnant manta ray. <laughs> very good. Um, April she hates. She was a perfect bl- mix, a blended mix of ethnic something. I don't know. So April hates Anne. Uh, yeah. And uh, I had that one. And I clocked another Bidgey at the very end. Ben doesn't get it, where he's like, Jerry's great, and has an inexplicably uh, you know, beautiful wife who we just really don't understand and everything, oh, yeah, but I'm getting yeah. off I topic. I get that one. Good I get job. that. That's a Bidgey. Yeah, that uh, that's all I got. Yeah. That, this is a great list. Mark, I, I had a variant of yours. I had Ben secretly likes Larry, Aww. which I put as BSLL and then could not for the life of me remember <laughs> what that meant. So That's obvious. Yeah, so you figured it out for me, so thank you. Yup. Yeah. How about goofs or fun facts, Mark? I had uh, no goofs that were worth mentioning. Yeah. How about you? Uh, same. I mean, I think I, I, I wrote under uh, goofs. Amy Poehler had a cold um, only because it's not a goof, but it's pretty rare that they go on and film when someone's that obviously sick. Mm-hmm. But, 
you know, they probably also be a super expensive proposition to put off filming when it's scheduled just because one person has a cold, even if it happens to be Amy Poehler. Well, they were in a hospital. That's fair. So, yeah. you know, they could, they she could caught some her. collateral germs there. Could. Probably. That's what happened. Or they could give her some big, uh, you know, you know, wake up juice or whatever they need to That's do true. to get rid of colds. I don't know what, I don't know how they treat people. I don't it know was, how medicine works. I'll tell you what. No, <laughs> me either. I, I thought it was noticeable enough. I'm surprised they didn't write it in. They could have some oh, fun that. Oh, that would have been clever. But yeah. they do have flu season two coming up. So they're yeah, probably they don't want to undermine that. the brilliance right. of, uh, or yeah. not. I don't know. Well, it could, we'll be, could suck. I don't don't give it away. How about fun facts? I had no fun facts. So I, you know, I said, this is, I corrected myself. You know, I, I also shamed myself and said, <laughs> this is the second Parks and Recreation, actually, Alan, to be titled Galentine's Day. The previous one was in season two. That's pretty two. weird for shows to do, I think. I thought it was weird. The, the actual same title, not just like, it's one thing if you go blah, yes. blah, blah, one, That's right. blah, 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 two. I get that. But the same title? And they I, literally in IMDb and other d- databases, it causes an issue where you have to append the year to make the distinction oh, between them. And obviously we had Galentine's Day 2010. Yep. And now Galentine's Day 2014. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. But I said, this is the only episode related to Galentine's Day that's actually not on February 13th. So that was mm. my fun fact, I guess. Technically. Oh, that is fun. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. I, I had a I had another fun fact, but yeah. I'll let you go first. No, you go first. All right, I'll go first. Or second. I'll, I'll go now. You go um, now. I, I, I found a list that someone compiled that if, if you look at Leslie's crazy crime board at the very yeah. beginning yeah and there's all a, just a plethora of stuff yeah so, so some things that that were on the board oh that's good um, i didn't th- see these this. are these are meant to be topics potentially for consideration for discussion with my best friend right. the manta ray for and perkins seven hour conversation catch right. up yeah got pleather <laughs> yeah gum or mints yeah Anne's eyes, because they're wonderful. Uh, Ben's new haircut, because, hmm. Uh, ben goatee dream. <laughs> uh, turtleneck disaster. Bridgegate. Yeah. Mean cashier. Oh, my God. Cat shoes. Year that starts classic. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Top heavy waitress. Homemade Pop-Tart success. Cranston facial hair. Oh, my God. Why no summer eggnog? Brunch is supper. Um, WWHL, which maybe stands for World Women's Health League. I'm not sure what that stands for, so it's just a mystery. Um, Olympics withdrawal. Snap bracelet comeback. Andrew Luck beard. Best Wahlberg brother. Abs or core. Oh my god! And Snuggy debacle. That's a good list. And there's the one they literally mention with her and Ben in dialogue. Uh, the Sandra Bullock uh, the skirt, skirt length. length. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. just going to make, he's, oh he can't God. do that. Two of those were facial hair related. I find that interesting. That's true. So if it's Brian Cranston and facial hair, this must have been about the, around the time that Breaking Bad was on. I, I think yeah, so. That's terrific. I love it. The only other fun fact I had, Mark, uh, actually I had two, I technically, I suppose. Uh, Beth McCarthy Miller, our director with the uh, Golden Megaphone. She's one of four directors ever to direct Saturday Night Live. Wow. Which is quite a privilege. Yeah. I mean, she did a good number of episodes, but it wasn't like like hundreds. So that makes me wonder, you know, who who's done all these episodes? Interesting. Yeah. So worth looking up. And then the last one, of course, was our reference. This was a very reference heavy episode and uh, much, you know, they do that a lot, but mm-hmm. I'd say doubled down in this episode. 
Oh, Captain, My Captain, of course, is a metaphor. To the Dead Poet Society. Dead po- well, yes, but it, Dead Poet Society is obviously referencing the Walt Whitman poem. I don't see it like that. <laughs> this is why it's called the Dead Poet Society, Mark. Wow, you just blew my mind. I know, me too. I have to go back and rewatch that now. Actually, you know what? It's so funny you say that. I literally told my wife this morning, I want to rewatch that movie now. Hmm. It's been a long time. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it since 1989 when it first came out. Wow. Yeah, I'm old. Yeah, you're old. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, good job on uh, all the stuffs there. We just did jokes first, fun facts, all that good stuff. Uh, Let's get into our scores. All right, let's get into it. Um, Crazy Mark Gruber, go. No, sorry. Wait a minute, we skipped some. No, it's crazy. That's right. It, uh, but here's the, yeah, you know what? Do this first. Yeah, uh, get, so, do your MVPs first. Oh, by the way, oh, shit. you never gave, you remember how last week you yes. were really grumpy? A little bit. You're yeah. really grits, just un. Yeah, and I also didn't like the episode, but yeah. Almost unbearably grumpy, like like to the point where we didn't even know if we were going to continue Did the podcast. my wife compare notes? What the, what the hell's happening? So I noticed, Yeah. just because I know that you like, you don't, look. You perform your best when you're mercilessly picked on. Sure. We all know that. Yeah. So I wanted to point out also that, uh-huh. that in your 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 rantification mm-hmm. of, of last week, yeah. you never gave your MVP. I know. <laughs> and, and I actually have them written down here with this week's MVPs and bolded so that I don't mess up. <laughs> so you're okay. You're you're going to redeem yourself. I will. That's fine. All right. So I, you know, I... Well, let's not break your flow any more than you already I have. I said I wasn't going to like publicly embarrass you anymore, and, and I won't. You lied. Are you done now? Starting now. Okay. <laughs> my, so my, my co-MVPs for this episode mm. are, I said, Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer and Jim O'Hare as Jerry Gergich. So first of all, I, I thought this episode did a great job using their, their deep comedic bench it seemed to me like everybody got a chance to shine, not just once, but multiple times. Yeah. And as a result, I thought that there were lots of choices for MVPs that, honestly, I would have thought would make sense. For me, I chose Chris Pratt because Andy gave me some of the most involuntary laugh-out-loud moments in the show. Like his comments on Goofus versus Gallant, finding the differences in totally different pictures... Uh, then when he was done with the magazine, he threw it in the fish tank. Like that stunned me. Um, I also chose Jim O'Hare for two reasons. First of all, historically, both he and Retta have sometimes been overlooked, even if only because there's not enough screen time or plot points to go around. So I'm happy to see him play a more involved or elevated role here. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah. And second, I found it surprisingly bittersweet to have Jerry essentially protect Ben by pretending in front of Tom that Ben was insulting him rather than just making pleasant small talk with yep. his friend. It shows not only how sweet Jerry is as a person, but also that he is very aware of everything going on around him, values Ben as a friend, and doesn't want this to reflect badly on him. Like, I know that there are legions of Jerry fans out there who, who bristle at how badly yes, that yes, he's been... We've, we've uh, heard from them before, yeah. He's, he's been punching bag right over the years. And I can just imagine them at this point sounding something like the guy remember the guy in blazing saddles who speaks gibberish <laughs> and like i can imagine all these jerry fans standing up yeah. and pumping their fists and going yeah. rabber rabber because it's about damn time captain uh, my captain rabber um on a on a related note even though i didn't give co-mvp to adam scott although yeah. i did think very seriously mm. about it 
I really like the kicker yeah. where Ben basically says, I don't care who knows it. I don't care what you say. I like Jerry and he's my friend yeah. and you can all go honk Herman. Um, but he didn't actually say that. that no, that's, he didn't. That's how I heard it in my head. Yeah, sure. Um, Despite the fact that I like Chris Pratt as a co-MVP for this episode, I'll say that this is one of those times where I think Andy as a character was portrayed almost too stupid. Like we're approaching mm-hmm. Kevin-like levels of, of stupid yep. to, to make a parallel to the office. I'm not saying that they went over the line exactly, but it was, unco- on it. it was uncomfortably close. Yeah. And I think what saved it for me to, to kind of circle this back around is Pratt does such a good job portraying Andy as just genuine and earnest i'm not saying that they shouldn't they should not have danced so close to that line but i think he for me anyway he saved it mm-hmm. um uh and also he makes it work when paired with ron the father figure i thought that that like i get what they were going for okay that that's kind of effective right. i guess right jerry and tripping and farting at the end was so unfortunate but i gotta <laughs> admit apropos um poor shauna malway tweet she is so broken it's just sad like she needs a hug from everyone there was a great line about her in the deleted scenes actually that leslie gave like that she was just a broken broken like she is a dumpster fire dumpster fire of a a human that's what she said oh (laughs) that's rough also when um when uh when uh leslie was having the galentine's day and she's doing all the questions and she was like ranking him and stuff yeah you notice there is a scene there's a talking head where leslie is like talking about every single person yeah. that that's there. She kind of goes around. Yeah. And when she mentioned April, April is pouring salt into In her, her bag. Purse. I love it. I love that. Um, Go with her black coffee grounds. By the way, I got to say this. This is, this is not totally related, but as Leslie, remember when Leslie learned that Anne was having the baby? Yeah. And she gets up and she goes, so Shauna, the bill's paid. I'm leaving to go. And she mentions, she volunteers the idea that maybe Shauna should see Dr. Richard Nygaard. And she and Leslie volunteered the idea that, you know what, maybe he never existed. And she maybe it's just part of Chris's imagination. I never thought about that. That's interesting. I started to think about that. And now I can't stop <laughs> thinking about that. Like that is that is literally a fat literally, literally that's a fascinating possibility. That's very interesting. Because at first I was like, yeah, that's funny. And then I went. Whoa. Yeah. We've never seen Dr. Nope. Richard Nygaard. And Chris is wonderful, but just crazy enough, I could see that being reality. I love the idea of it, but I can ruin it for you if you want me to. I don't want you to. Okay. Let's move on. No, how could you ruin it for me? Tell me. There was an episode where he met another Nygaardian. They mm. actually talked about both seeing Dr. Richard Nygaard. Now, there are instances I like of my, shared... I like my version better. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> also, did you ever notice that Nygaard spelled backwards is dragon? I have no follow-up for that at all. I just thought it would sound interesting and ominous if I said it like that. I have nothing to go on. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening this week. <laughs> dun, I'm dun, done. Dun, like dun, You just dun, blew dun. my mind. I got nothing now. It is dragon. That is crazy. I mean, a weird spelling of dragon. Sure, but, but it's, 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 it makes you wonder. Like maybe it's like a Game of Thrones tie-in. I don't know. I don't know. I'm They've had gonna... several other homages. I, I I have to say this is this is part of my review only because I thought this was so interesting. I I I read a quip 
from someone and I'm not sure what their actual name was. They probably used a screen name like, you know, Mark is awesome 73 or something. <laughs> That's and, what they and, used. But back in the day when this episode first came on, someone gave a quip about this that I wanted to read verbatim. This is going yeah. to take like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought this quip was so funny. This, I don't know if it's a guy or girl, but, but they say, I have narcolepsy where one of the symptoms is cataplexy, which is certain emotional states trick my body into falling asleep while I stay awake. And a big trigger is something emotional mixed with something funny. Mm. When Ben stood up for Larry, I got a little misty because I was very sweet. Mm. When Larry tripped and farted, I was paralyzed for a good minute. <laughs> the longest cataplectic attack I'd ever had. And as soon as I could move again, I laughed for a minute, watched him again, and became paralyzed. <laughs> like, holy crap, that was funny. That's a thing. That's crazy. I just thought that that was so interesting. That is very interesting. interesting. All right. Enough of that craziness. On to the crazy Mark Rubert. Yep. Um, I'm going to give this sucker a four base score. Okay. 4.0. I thought all three stories were, all three stories were really good. They, they're much better than they have been recently. I almost gave this a 4.5, but I gave it a four. Um, I'm going to give one whole point for a great job combined by my episode co-MVPs, Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer and Jim O'Hare as Gary Gergich. I'm going to give half a point for a, a symbolic tip of the hat to the rest of the cast, providing great direction or support, especially Leslie and Ben, but also including Donna, April, Tom, and Ron. Um, I'm going to give an entire point for what I considered not only a good use of the deep comedic bench, but also, in addition to that, a nice list of guest stars, including Rashida Jones as yes. the Manta Ray Ann Perkins, uh, the great Rob Hubel, who's been in everything. He really has. As Harvey Spilgorm. Um, Allison Becker as the Tweep. Yep. Um, Helen Slayton Hughes as Ethel Beavers. Uh, R.I.P. And Melinda Cohen as fake Anne, I mean, Evelyn from, from Eagleton. Yes. And also part of that point I just gave, you know how I, I keep track of the scenes and I like count them and mm. like try to see what goes... This was a. I thought this was a good spread between the Pretty scenes because there were there were twenty three scenes, yep. and usually you'd think it'd be like the A story would be like thirteen, yeah, and then the rest would be like four or five. Right, right. It was nine eight six. Wow, I was I was actually pretty impressed by that. I like in that, that order of A B C nine eight six. Okay, wow. So A and B were nearly identical. Well, yeah, in terms of time, in terms of screen, or the screen. I mean, A may have had more screen time, but it's equal scenes. Fair enough. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Um. I'm going to give half point for what I call the bookend combo. So I thought it was a great cold open with Leslie with her crazy corkboard photo pushpin string yeah. <laughs> design. And plus at the end, Ben revealing to everyone that he truly does like Jerry. I thought that was sweet, even with the farting. Um, I'm going to give half point to what I call the Galentine's Day combo. Leslie's crazy ranking system to find her new best friend made me laugh. And even though it threatened to have Leslie go too far... It worked for me, and I don't think it did. I think she's done far worse than this. For sure. But I understand how someone who's been burned by that would go, mm, you know, and like say a cautionary tale. But I don't think she went too far in this one for me. Okay. I'm going to give half point for what I call Ron the Father. The Ron the Father combo. I liked Ron's dynamic with Andy, as I always have. And even though they, they hit the father-son parallel rather hard here, mm -hmm. again, it still worked for me. And I'm going to give one more half point for what I call the resolution combo, as I often do. Leslie, Donna, and April making amends, and Leslie realizing she has lots of friends and getting to visit with her sweet manta ray Ann Perkins. Ben, Tom, and Jerry getting a tent, and Ben standing up for Jerry at the end. 
and Andy getting his tooth fixed and Ron accepting his role as 24-7 parental figure to many people in mm -hmm. his life. So you add all that up and you get 8.5 Little Sebastians. Mm. I, I thought, in my opinion, this was a noticeable improvement from the last two or three episodes. In fact, I would say, for me, this is the best episode they've had since Anne and Chris. Like, okay. I, I enjoyed it that much. So that is my review. Alan, rock the scuba. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did you say scuba? Scuba. Or scuba. Yeah. Like a Boston scuba. Yeah. Yeah. A scuba. Scuba. Well, uh, thank you, Mark. I uh, appreciate uh, that scuba. Mm. Uh, Rock it. So, so here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. First, I'll, 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 I'll uh, fix the sin of last week and say who my MVPs were for last week. Oh, you didn't do that? That's weird. What, what were they? Up. So so our listeners, uh, viewers, I'm sorry, at home will remember, Mark, yeah. that uh, I wasn't a big fan of last week's episode. No. In fact, I gave it a 7.5. And I considered a seven at one point like it was i, I did not enjoy last now, now obligatory disclaimer blah blah uh -huh. blah if this were two and a half men it would be a you know a, 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 12, a 12 but you know half, this yeah. is parks and rec is a, a higher standard blah 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 yeah. still a great show but they they dipped they dipped that's fair the yeah. trajectory has been headed down a little bit over yeah. the last three ish episodes i'm yeah. going to say and i think it bottomed out last week a little bit of a foreshadowing of what i think about this week's episode but last week, <clears throat> you know, of course, this is the post Ann and Chris world, right? Right. Last week's MVPs for me were Rob Lowe and Rashida Jones because they had the sense to not be in this episode. That's harsh, <laughs> no, man. No, I'm kidding. Wow. Uh, I didn't hate it that much, but I, I seriously did not love that episode. I did actually truly give the MVPs. <laughs> what? It's like, it's uh -huh. almost like you can't fit all of the grumpy in one episode. So some of it just spilled, spilled into over. this episode. It's amazing. It's brilliant. It's like um, restaurants have maximum, maximum occupancy. Sure. I fire, fire. Yeah, yeah. I know science. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> just like, you know, sports, um, no sports, my co MVPs for last week were Aziz Ansari and Chris Pratt. I felt like their performances yeah. among all the ones I didn't enjoy were the ones I enjoyed the most. And I thought those two characters had slight, interesting arcs yeah i could see that okay i didn't think pratt's arc this week was that great i actually thought it was a little bit annoying like i think you kind of alluded to it a little bit like maybe too close to the line he they danced on the sweet stupid andy line a little hard this week yeah he's not oh, kevin he, yeah and in the same way that the father-son thing was maybe up to the line too right just a little bit a little touche right yeah so um a little, a little uh, on the point, as they say. Yeah. Um, but this week, I gave my MVPs to Adam Scott and Amy Poehler. Because mm. I felt like they did, those actors did a great job with the scripts they were given. And I'll talk about the scripts here in a minute. Mm. Right? I felt like they just, they executed well. And I thought it was appropriate to give the, the nod to Amy this week. Because, you know, she obviously didn't feel well. You could hear it in her voice. And I don't think it impacted at all her performance or her portrayal of Leslie Nope which I think is pretty impressive. Hmm. So yeah, that makes sense. Maybe it was just a head cold and it wasn't a big deal, but I, I was impressed by it. And I didn't know who else to give them MVPs to. As well, well, I had said, I, I'd consider giving it to Adam Scott very seriously. And I think he deserved it for sure. Like his range. I said specifically that, you know, he had to basically shift from being, you know, the businessman Ben, right. To friendship Ben and back and he did that pretty seamlessly so I, I thought adam scott did a great job of that mm. and like i've already said why well, i think amy poehler deserves it this week and i don't think we give it to her often enough and frankly with this show it'd be easy to give it to her every week yeah right because it, it's almost a given that amy poehler is almost always excellent yes 
That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Which is which makes it you know. But that's but that's the standard. Now that is the standard. Yes, that, that's which the makes catch. it unfair at the same time. Yes. But there you go. Um, I already mentioned it was nice to see Rashida Jones back on screen in the show. Um, I felt like again this episode was more balanced than the last two have been in terms of not just the screen time or the number of scenes, but in the storytelling, mm -hmm. right? The A, B, and the C all hit a little harder and better this week. C was still the weakest of the three, but th I think that's appropriate, honestly. A should probably be a little stronger than B, and I think it was this week. Um, I said, you know, this episode was a little funnier, but not, we're not back to like a laugh riot yet. You know what I mean? Like we're just not hitting as hard as we do with the nines and the nine and a halfs on the comedy scale. And yet I think some of the comedy is what made this episode as good as it was. Um, I said this episode had a little more heart than some of the episodes we've seen lately. Agreed. And I think that has an impact on how we feel about this show. And it's certainly what pushes it back into the eights for me. Um, good use of the bench. We've both said that. Um, I said Amy was on point with the script they gave her, you know, but they, the writers, I think continue to hold back her character growth. And I want to see that change. I really do. Um, I said Adam was great as Ben, jumping between business negotiation and summoning the courage to stick up for a friend. Um, and, you know, it, but at the same time, I liked how they resolved that great moment at the end. He sticks up, but then Jerry goes on a fart, right? I mean, because mm -hmm. it's Jerry. So, it, that was that was very Parks and Rec to me, hmm. right? <laughs> and I think to end it without that would have been sweet, but it would have been not as satisfying. Well, it's like when you choose your favorite podcasting snack, you need something that's sweet <laughs> and salty, right? It that's the be best combination. Too. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. What is your favorite podcasting snack? Um, rum. <laughs> I missed my my dose of rum this morning. We need we need some of that. Maybe after the podcast today. I'm looking around for the healing potion. That, uh, the healing potion's up on the shelf. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Well, and I said I I said this I did enjoy the references this week. I, I always enjoy those, but I felt they were a little heavy on them, and you run the risk of dating the show. And I think some of the references here unfortunately do that. Although the, I guess that's true. The little fight about Friday Night Lights is cute, but you know. Not not so many people are going to remember that show now or especially in five more years. So I guess that's true. Yeah. 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 Um, actually, you know, the list of, of of references was very long this week. I mean, we had basically references to uh, Ren 1010, the TV show. Right. Which with the uh, the name of the Ren 10 Ren 10 Tents. Right. Uh, Predator, Dead Poet Society, fam the TV show Family Matters, the TV show Keeping Up Appearances, Diagnosis Murder, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, the movie Ten Cup, the TV show Deal or No Deal, Friday Night Lights, the movies Taken, all like 17 of them with Liam Neeson, mm -hmm. uh, Doc McStuffins, of course, my favorite children's television show, and then Donna's favorite television show, Scandal. Yeah. That's a lot of references in one episode. That is a lot. You're right. And I never um, realized they had that many, but you're exactly right. When you see the list, it's like, wow. And it just makes you wonder, you know, maybe the, some original comedy in place of those could have driven our scores up a little bit. It did drive mine up. What's yours, Big Grumpasaurus? I gave this one an eight. All right, I can respect that. That's a, that's it's trending upward. And I, and I did flirt with an eight and a half for a brief moment, but I felt solid on an eight this week. I felt like it showed enough improvement that you know I you know maybe seven and a half wasn't bad enough for last week. I want to go back and <laughs> consider my numbers. <laughs> but Man. this week was a solid eight, maybe a little better. 
in a world, Mark, which we don't live in, where we could give quarter points, uh, give it 8.25. Mm. But but don't tell the brass. No. I don't want to get no, in trouble. Not telling any brass nothing. They, 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 they like me. Starting. Harvey, you don't tell the brass either. And don't stop looking at that delete everything button. We talked about that. Nope. They see he pushed the button. I know. He, he's threatening us. That's what he's doing. Don't. All right. Nine layers of duct tape more. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta Never threaten ourselves. a person in the sound booth. That's what'll <laughs> Not happen. Not if you're smart. Hey, Mark, we'll be back next week with episode 6.18, Prom. Yes, Prom. Which uh, promises the return, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, of the uh, the great Cody Banks. Uh, uh, was it a character? Greg Pekaitis. Oh. Which, it'll be right around Halloween, so that's apropos. So are you saying Prom stands for promises? Yes, I am now. Brilliant. I, I knew that all along, Mark. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> bask in my brilliance yep. as usual yeah, it's blinding it is blinding hey folks thanks again for listening we really do appreciate it in the meantime if you'd go out and rate and review us on apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate that and uh we'll see you next time all right bye everyone bye everyone live from pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators copyright 2020 all rights reserved original music was created and performed by aaron emerson of emerson studios clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us.